This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on The Woman Behind the Business, why career choices are fluid and can change at any age. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and when I share with you the journeys of today's guests, you will probably label them as fearless. While I'm sure they're walking with great intentions and purpose, I'm excited to hear how their careers evolved over time and how faith may have played a part. Cassandra Shields is a 28-year-old contemporary gospel artist who has been nominated for two 2019 Eddie Awards. While this is a major accomplishment, it comes well after she graduated with a degree in architecture and environmental design from Morgan State University. Now, what does this mean for you and I? Everything. For me, it shows that we don't have to feel pigeonholed into staying in one industry just because that's what we went to school for. And unfortunately, so many of us do. Shields just crushes the idea of limitations and the status quo by also being vested in songwriting, graphic design, and ministry, all of which she's created a business around. So here she is, Miss Cassandra Shields. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> All right. So before we go into your music, which I'm sure everybody is going to want to hear. So I hope we have some samples that we'll be able to intertwine and interstitch throughout the show. Um, but let's take a look at business in general. What was your inspiration for becoming an entrepreneur? Um, well, growing up, my dad always taught me how to make money. I mean, he taught me the hustle in a sense. <laughs> he was a snowball man. He had a snowball truck. And so that's What's where a snowball it, truck. So wait, it's a truck. We sm- sell snowballs, uh, snow- candy, oh, like the snow that yeah. you eat. Snowball Girl, I'm thinking snow. My truck. bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely that's a snowball truck. Um, you know, get different flavors and things. And so he was he had a snowball truck. And so that's where I learned how to run the truck, make money. And so from there, I started drawing and then I started making my own T-shirts and things. And he taught me how to set up a, a table at the flea market and he taught me how to make money there. And then it just started to grow and grow and grow. And so ever since then, that's how so, it goes. So how old were you when you first ventured into entrepreneurship? I would say I was at least 12. I used to sell uh, candy <laughs> at my school. I used to um, get like little sandwich bags and during Halloween, people would think that I was getting a candy for myself, but I really was getting it to put in little sandwich bags and sell it. So I was at least about like 10 when I first started doing that. <laughs> now, today you have various businesses that... Um, you're responsible for branding and marketing. And so, you know, the evolution of Cassandra Shields, like what are some of the frugal ways that you're able to gain exposure and capture sales? Like things that tips that we can share with our audience. Hmm, I would say the biggest thing is just to be personable, like to really show your true personality. Mm -hmm. And that is by communicating with your audience, whether that be through video, um, sharing something, posting something, commenting, replying to the comments that are under your posts, specifically on um, social media, because, you know, that's just like the biggest thing now. And so Mm -hmm. just really being personable, being honest and being genuine. Now, are there any tools that you use to be successful even on social media? Like, for instance, Canva, that's one of the tools and platforms that I share with people. And because you're a graphic designer, um, I often tell people like, yo, like, here's a free platform where you can go and utilize it and create wonderful graphics. And for those who are trying to figure out what in the world is Canva, (laughs) it's like a place that you can go and you can put pictures and overlay like words and it's free. You can literally have like a robust like archive of graphics that are all free. Um, But again, I feel like you still need to have a sense of what you're doing. Yes. Are there any tools that you can share that, you know, potentially even for Canva, Mm -hmm. like things to be aware of, like colors, mixing colors or um, fonts, you know, does it make sense to have five different fonts or should you limit fonts to like two? 
what are some things we should be mindful of? um, Just not putting too much information on graphics because we know that a lot of people don't like to read. (laughs) You know, they want the specifics. They want to know exactly what it is. And so just being mindful of that, making sure that you don't use selfies on flyers, because (laughs) I truly believe like you promote yourself as serious as you want people to take you. So if you want to be taken serious, it's very important to make sure that you promote yourself in a serious manner. So that's what I would say. Just professional pictures at all times and just putting the important information on your flyers. Okay, so tell me this. For you, because you, like I said, you work in graphic design, ministry, as well as a vocal artist. Do you feel as though you have to brand yourself differently on each of those different um, platforms that, you know, are the Cassandra Shields brand? Um, No, because like when I the first question, I just believe in being yourself. So I don't have to switch up anything because I'm consistent throughout every piece, whether it's ministry, my graphic design business or it's music. It's all me. So I make sure that I'm when I take pictures and when I promote myself, that it's something that I can do across the board. Mm -hmm. Congruently, just yes. Consistent. Keep it consistent. Right. Okay. so. I feel as though there are so many stigmas that exist for millennials. Um, And you are definitely in that millennial bracket, as am I. Um, (laughs) So two of the main things that I personally hear are that we don't commit to things and that we're afraid. We're not afraid to start a business. Mm -hmm. What are some of the stigmas that you've heard around millennials and which do you think that you work to demystify? I would say um, definitely commitment is one of the biggest things in procrastination. Um, A lot of us have a lot of goals and dreams, but many of us, we let fear get in the way. So we tend to worry about what everybody else is doing except for what we're doing. And so we allow those opinions and things to guide where we go, how we move and what we do. So I think one of the biggest things is commitment, but also um, just your peers worrying about everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then so which ones do you feel as though you demystify? Um, for myself, I would say Oh, so you're a procrastinator. <laughs> I'm not a procrastinator. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I overthink sometimes, you know, I want to make sure that the decisions that I make are good decisions. And so I over uh examine things sometimes before I make a decision to d- actually do it. And so, um, but I wouldn't say procrastination. I would just say, um, I would say possibly consistency, just being consistent in it mm-hmm. and not giving up and taking those breaks. You know how you get a high and you're like, yes, I'm winning. And then you get one little low and you're like, I'm going to just stay here for like two months and then get myself <laughs> together. No, you got to be able to just be low and then jump over the hump and keep going. So, But what do you do in those valley moments that, you know, that, that's what we mm-hmm. call valley moments, mm-hmm. right? What do you do to help you overcome? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes like we're so used to winning that when we lose or when it's a lesson that it's time for us to learn, mm-hmm. we're like, yo, I just lost like everything. Like I'm a failure. We right. get really hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So how do you personally overcome those obstacles? Okay. Well, for me, I like I like my own space. So I shy away. I literally go into my own space. I sit. I think um, I vent. I talk to God a lot. You know, I tell him how I truly feel. I don't hide my feelings. I cry. I laugh. It's weird. It may sound weird, but it it's, it helps because the worst thing you can do is hold in your emotions on how you feel about something. So I get it all out. And then once that happens, I sit still and I literally allow myself to hear like what God is saying and and he begins to encourage me. And so, and then I have people around me mm-hmm. who's strong, who's been through things already. And so sometimes I reach out to them for um, advice, but most times I try to get that advice straight from God. Now, I think that that's very powerful because a lot of us, we rely heavily on the people around us. So how important would you say is your village to your success? Mm-hmm. Well, my village, listen... They fight battles that sometimes I just don't want to fight. They uh, say words and bring things to light that I want to dismiss and hide. And so my village has 
made me into the person that I am today as far as being comfortable and genuine and consistent when I talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, that's where it all came from, just being consistent with who I am, no matter where I am. Mm-hmm. You're going to know, Cassandra, this is who she is, mm-hmm. no matter where she goes. And the village around me is very, they're very honest <laughs> and um, they're very goofy. Mm-hmm. So that's what you'll get from me. Mm-hmm. Um they they did a good job. They did a, did a good job raising me. <laughs> now, what what about the people who lack village? Mm-hmm. You know, like what would be your words of motivation to help them kind of step outside of their realm um, and find people or attract people who can really motivate, encourage, and be real? Like I I recently wrote a post about you know it's one thing to have people around you who are yes people. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have real people around you because they're the ones that are going to help you grow and elevate to the next level. Yeah. Well, I would say for those who don't have a village or for those who are over their village, like you just <laughs> look, I'm over y'all. Um, I would definitely say get you some friends like go out um, and explore the world. And that's where you'll meet new people. Also, music. Music is an amazing way to um escape and identify or get get clarity on some things. Now, of course, you want to make sure it's positive music. Um, but um, I would definitely say just go out, talk to people, get you some friends, some real friends, some honest friends. Now, that may take some years to find out who the real ones are. Mm-hmm. But when you finally meet that one, at least one, just hold them close and really um, begin to grow with them. Right. And honor them and let them know that they appreciate it. Yep. All right. So, Speaking of music, mm-hmm. when did you realize your knack for music? Um, I would say it wasn't until like probably like 21 when I met my best friend now. Um, I always wrote music. I used to have like this little Yamaha keyboard and this boombox tape recorder. And I used to have this tape recorder, boombox and keyboard. And I would just do all this stuff. It was really, it was a whole process, but I made it work. And so with that, um, I had all these songs. And so when I met my best friend, he was like, you know, you should sing. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to write music. I just want to produce. Like, that's all I want to do. But he was like, you know, you should really sing so people can really feel what you're writing. Because mm-hmm. if you get somebody else to sing, there's no guarantee they're going to be able to Execute. give that, you know, emotion. And so um, thanks to him, that's that's why I'm here. And that's where I think I found my niche. Now, what was one of the first songs that you remember Mm -hmm. and that you performed and maybe this friend that inspired you? um, Like, what song was that? Well, I have this song called Grace and Mercy. And it's really funny because this song is so hip hop like based and that's where I all start I started in Baltimore you know it's known for club music and so that's what I started doing I loved hip hop and um my sister used to listen to it all that stuff so that's how this song sounds but now when you listen to my music now it's like a totally different feel yeah, it sounds country and so it's like <laughs> where did that come from and so I started to realize like I am well versed in music and mm-hmm. so that that song specifically taught me a lot about myself like you know you can be yourself now that don't necessarily mean with gospel music that the church gonna like it right. so it helped me identify who my sound mm-hmm. and who I am and so that's why when you hear my music it's like everything so would you mind singing a little bit of it or whatever the first song was ah oh, I gotta remember what it is oh, uh, <laughs> I think it was uh it was grace that found me love me Save me, forgave me. It was grace that found me, love me. I think that was it. Save me, forgave me, something like that. That was the course. Okay. So okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, going along with that, I believe that God gives us many talents, right? And they typically all work together for us to fulfill our purpose. So, what would you say your purpose is? I would say that my purpose is to encourage. Um, definitely to teach. I always find myself in a teaching position. It don't matter where I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just really be a light, to be a light um, in the earth, whether that's in ministry, graphic design or whatever, just to really be that person that people can see and be like, you can be yourself and still be successful. You can be yourself and you don't have to, you know, do things outside of the normal to in order to get ahead, but you mm-hmm. can just be yourself. And so that's what I would say my purpose is. Okay. To teach other people that. Yes, to teach other people that. All right. Now, 
the entertainment industry can be extremely intimidating Mm -hmm. and highly competitive. What made you decide to pursue a career in this industry? I would say purpose. <laughs> because purpose. Girl, you said your purpose was. I know, but purpose, <laughs> purpose isn't what I said was like encouragement and things. And mm-hmm. so when I think about the industry, um, but you see stars, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been privileged to be able to be amongst, you know, stars at a high caliber. And um, what, one thing that I notice is that, yes, they live these lavish lifestyles, but behind the scenes, they are really people. broken and they're, they're people and they have emotions. And so with the music that I create, um, I believe that the encouragement and teaching piece comes into that because it, first of all, opens an opportunity for discussion. And then whether they talk to me directly or hear my music, it's an outlet. It's a way to encourage them. So my music is either encouraging or in a conversation, I'm able to encourage them, you know, um, so and teach depending on how close we become or things like that. So um, it, it all has to align with purpose at the end of it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Now, when you think of the power of perseverance, what would you say um, or would you say that perseverance is in your arsenal um, for success? Um, perseverance. That's definitely something that many people around me say that I have. They like, you know, I don't care what's going on. You going, you going to get up. You going to have it already planned out. Even <laughs> if the plan got dust on it, you going to dust it off and you going to go for it. And so I think often what keeps me persevering is seeing how people re- react to what I'm doing mm-hmm. because it encourages them mm-hmm. to to do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, honestly, I would say seeing people being able to grab from what I'm doing and that being something that they can grow from themselves or use for growth for themselves. I think that's, that's definitely what keeps me going. Now, a lot of times people are, um, they're afraid mm-hmm. to pursue. Like one of the things that you mentioned earlier in the conversation is that they can be um, procrastinators. Yeah. And I often find that procrastinators are often that way because they either just really don't want to do whatever the work is or they are uncertain of the success of it, right? And so what would you say to the individual to encourage them to, you know, move forward, to take steps towards fulfilling their purpose? I would say to first of all, identify what you want to do. And believe that you can do it because everything starts with faith. Mm -hmm. Like you have to believe. And even when you don't believe, uh, if you don't have faith, it's it's also fear. A lot of us deal with fear. And that's another thing that um, can stop us. But at the end of it all, you have to sit down and say to yourself, like, is this something that I really want to do? And if it's something that you really want to do, you're going to go for it. And you're not going to allow people um, to really get into your head into the point where you want to quit. Now, they may get in your head and make you want to stop, you know, and quit. But mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find that perseverance, like we were talking about earlier, um, to just keep going and pursue it. And so I would say to that person um, to just really believe in yourself, believe in yourself, have faith. Mm-hmm. Now, in my introduction, I mentioned that you have a degree in architecture. So what did you want to be as a kid? Like, because I mean, like, I know your friend introduced you to the whole music thing, mm-hmm. architecture, but you don't really do that. You're in graphic design. So I've always been a, a person who loved creating mm-hmm. anything creative. I've always loved to do it, whether it was drawing, creating music, whatever. And so I initially wanted to be a cook, a chef. Because you create food. Okay. You know, that's creative, you know. Um, I used to play basketball. I wanted to be a basketball player. It's nothing really creative about that, but you can create plays. Um, but I, I just wanted I wanted to do everything. Yeah, I wanted to be in the Navy, four. everything. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I just knew that I wanted to be great. And so <laughs> I was like, you know. And then I finally went to school. I actually in high school I took up C, my, my CNA license to be a certified nursing assistant. And mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And so from that point on, I was like, you know what? 
I can't do this. I'm just going to go do architecture and design because at least it's guaranteed a lot of money and you get to create. And then I was like, after that, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that either. I don't want to just sit in the office and design and draw. I want to be out there. So yeah, that's just my life. Anything creative. <laughs> well, when did you discover your love of graphic design? While I was at school at the Morgan State University oh, in Baltimore, Maryland. Shout out to the Bears. H-U? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You know. No, 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 no. But um, <laughs> but when I was at uh, school... um. I found out that I like graphic design when because we used to have to make our designs uh, presentable. So you had to learn some part of graphic design. And so in that, I learned that you could also make money. And so comparing that to what I learned when I was younger and having a love for design, I was like, I can do both. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to start doing graphic design. And I started making money. Now, my graphics look horrible back then, but. I did my best and I was able to make some coins. So that's where it all started. And so you use YouTube to learn? Yes. How did you talk talk to us a little bit about that process? Because like I said in the intro, a lot of us, we we feel like we're pigeonholed into a particular industry because that's what we spend all this money going to school for. Mm -hmm. But there are so many different things. And I feel like you and our next guest that we'll soon be introducing, you know, Going back to those gifts that I feel like God instills in us, that mm -hmm. all are working together for the good of us fulfilling what that purpose is. Mm -hmm. But you you can't just sit there. You mm -hmm. have to, you know, work without action is what dead, right? Yeah. So we have to put forth the effort. Mm -hmm. And so in your case, you went to YouTube and what else did you do to learn graphic design? Because that's not what you learned in school. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely. So I had peers who were really good at graphic design who were studying graphic design. So I reached out to them. And when that didn't work, I went to YouTube um, and I sat there until I got it right. Um you have to be consistent. That's the only way you're going to be able to grow in any skill or any craft. You have to take time outside of when you're just performing or just producing to uh, cultivate your gift or cultivate that skill. So YouTube was my friend. It still is my <laughs> friend when I want to learn something new. Um, but that for sure. Now, you have a music career, a graphic design business. Anything else on the horizon for you? Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm just really literally going with the flow right now in mm -hmm. life. I'm just anticipating and looking forward to see what God's going to do next for me. It's a lot of things that's happening at one time simultaneously, but I can see it all coming together. So I'm just waiting to see. But you never know. Just I would say just stay tuned because you never know. <laughs> now, that was supposed to be your segue into... Well, hopefully the next time we speak, I'll have an Eddie Award. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that, because um, I know that the voting period is going on mm -hmm. through when? January 31st. Okay. Yep. So where do people go to vote? Okay. So if you want to go to vote, I encourage you to go vote. Um, definitely go visit my website, www.cassandrashields.com. Cassandra with a K and one S. Okay. All right. And um, you can also go to theeddieawards.com and there you'll see a voting tab and you can go and vote. And guess what? You can vote as many times as you want. <laughs> so, I mean, you can just keep on voting. And the two categories that you'll see my name in is best new single. And uh, video of the year, music video of the year. So. And what's the single? Uh, hey Joy. Can you sing a little bit of that so they can get a taste of it? And then hopefully we can get the audio sure. and we can play um, the track. So the first verse says, Monday, I woke up to the sun. A new day has begun. But I'm too tired to get out of bed. Now, Tuesday, rain outside of my window. It looks like time will be moving slow. But I have to clock in to get paid. There's got to be more. There's got to be more to life. I don't want to throw in the towel. But I'm just too tired to fight. And I'm sick of doing the same things over again It seems like there's no wind Joy, I need to find you So go check it out if you want to hear more Yay! All right, well, thank you so much, Cassandra. This has been absolutely amazing having you in studio with us And we're actually going to toss to your single, Rest, by Cassandra Shields
every day as I go through life. I know that I need you by my side. And though sometimes my mind wanders, I will stay on the course you have for me. Lord, you lead me. Lord, you lead me. We'll follow, and I'll be still. And if I wonder away, you call my name, I'll come running back to you. Your arms wide open, I'll rest in This world is not my home, yet I'll become pretty comfortable. But then you call me and I arise Cause your sheep know your voice and I am yours There's no doubt in my mind that I am yours Lord, you lead And I'll be still And if I in you yes I will everything that I need I have in you I'll rest in you I'll rest in you everything that I need I have in you I'll walk with you I'll trust in you cause everything that I need I have in you Cause everything that I need I have in you Lord you in you. Welcome back to the Women Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and we just wrapped up a conversation with contemporary gospel artist Cassandra Shields. Now we're shifting gears to another serial entrepreneur that isn't afraid to showcase her talents through various businesses. As a customer service and etiquette trainer, Maia Tucker helps businesses operate with integrity and civility as a CEO of Competitive Edge Solutions. She's also a recent graduate from the Francis King Carey School of Law. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a lot to discuss. So let's dive right in. Sure. First, what made you decide to launch a customer service business? Oh, gosh, Um, a lot. So what really inspired me, I used to work at a place, I'm not going to say any names, but I used to work at a place that just, oh, my God, they needed a lot of customer service training. They needed business etiquette training. They needed a lot of professional development. So mm-hmm. that's what inspired me. And I was like, you know what? People need my services. You go to restaurants. Well, what was your role at that company? I if was, they needed your services, you weren't, that wasn't your job? No, okay. no. So I was actually a paralegal. So it was pretty much my first job out of completing a paralegal studies program at Georgetown. Okay. So yes, I just happened to, you know, be there. And I was like, just feeling I was feeling some kind of way about these people. And I was like, you know what? People need my services, especially this company. So mm-hmm. that's what really inspired me. And I, I went out and I, I made it happen. So now as a small business, right? 
Mm-hmm. Or let's say this company that you're referring to. Yes. Is there a checklist for us to know? Like, okay, we need some help. Because sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even know. Yes. Yes, there is. In my eyes, there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it boils down to is looking at who you hire. You can't just hire anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to hire people with soft skills. Hard skills are important, but nowadays soft skills are more important mm-hmm. because people need to know how to communicate with others. People need to know how to communicate with their clients. So I would definitely say looking at soft skills, um, looking at like whether they they've taken um, professional development courses or gotten some kind of professional development certification Mm -hmm. or, and sometimes a lot of it is common sense. Like, (laughs) just like with, with your parents, when you go into, they tell you when you go into someone's house, you speak, you don't just walk in and, you know, go through their refrigerator, you speak. To me, that's, it's part of like having like customer service but on a personal level. Girl, so that's you, called house training. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. But a lot of people don't have house training. A this lot of people true. just do what they, they think they can stuff, do what they want. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is, like I said, it's common sense. Mm-hmm. It's really common sense. Now, okay, so let's say there's this workplace mm-hmm. and there, there are certain people that, you know, are part of the environment and they recognize that there's a problem child. Okay. But management isn't willing to handle the problem child. Okay. What would be your recommendation either to the staff or to management? I would say, so there's an approach that you have to take. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say meeting with this person one-on-one, letting them know what the problem is and figuring out a solution to that problem. Because a lot of people are embarrassed if they... I don't know if they don't have good communication skills. Like you can't just call people out. I feel that you have to be professional at all times. And one way of doing that is, like I said, sitting with them one-on-one, coming up with a plan and just kind of, you know, figuring out a good customer service plan for that person Mm -hmm. um, or either a professional development plan for that person Mm -hmm. and kind of just sitting and looking and making sure. Letting them know that you care or something? Well, you you do have to care. Okay. You have you do have to care um, because it makes a big difference in your business. I mean, right. if you don't care, if you bring in people that that's ruining your business reputation, then I mean, eventually your business is going to suffer. So you right. do have to care. You right. have to have some kind of element of caring. So now, sticking with this for just a second, mm-hmm. is there something that small business owners can? use as a guide mm-hmm. to say, hey, we're lacking in this area, but mm-hmm. we're pretty good here. We're okay. lacking. Like, is there like a customer service checklist? Like, let's say that mm-hmm. you offer for people to do an evaluation of how is your company performing? How mm-hmm. is your, cust- um, your you know, the customer's response mm-hmm. to their experiences. Do sure. you have something that will help them gauge that? So then they can kind of figure out like, you know, I think we need somebody to come in here to assist us. Absolutely. So I'm big on company reviews. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you can start. So statistics have shown that a lot of people will complain about their bad experiences more than their good experiences. So if you're a business owner, I would suggest the first thing of um, determining whether you need a customer service plan is to look at your reviews. If you have a bad experience, first place someone's going to go is to your social media, LinkedIn accounts, Google reviews. Yep. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And th- I think that's that's where you can start to mm-hmm. see what people are saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of companies forget to do that. And to me, that's where you need to start to figure out, okay, look, we got to do something about this. We've been getting too many complaints on this issue. Let's come up with a customer service plan. Mm-hmm. Start there. Wow. No, that's good. That's good. Now, what are some of the ways in which that you work with organizations to mm-hmm. assist them with sure. a customer service plan? Sure. So I offer two services when it relates to customer service. One being business etiquette, which consists of um, helping people write emails because believe it or not, a lot of people don't know how to write emails. They don't know how to formulate that email. So um, helping you write the proper email, helping you, you know, just pay attention to what your 
what your business reputation is like. So, you know, checking your reviews. Um, what else? Um, ooh, my mind is going blank right now. Emails, communicating with people. So do you do like people. group sessions? Do you group do sessions, like one-on-one, one-on-one training? Yep, both. Okay. A little bit of both, okay. um, depending on what the company needs. Okay. So, And you've worked with varying levels of businesses yes. as well, right? Yes. I've worked with nonprofits, Georgetown University, um, small businesses. Did you go back to the paralegal company and help them out? I sure did. Good girl. I sure did. <laughs> Get that client. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, and they definitely appreciated it. A lot of people don't realize when they're having like internal issues with customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you an example. When I used to work at a, a, a legal um, organization, you know, people call in wanting, you know, just legal advice. Mm-hmm. Some people don't realize that it's all in the tone of your voice that can really make a difference. So mm-hmm. to me, all you have to do is be nice, assist the person, listen, figure out what they need and go from there. Mm-hmm. The last thing people want to hear is someone with an attitude, someone trying to trying to rush them off the phone. Mm-hmm. Just listen, take a step back, listen to what this person needs mm-hmm. It will make a whole world of difference. Trust right, me. Right. It certainly will. Most people just say, just do your job. Yeah, that's true. And some people don't care. I mean, yeah, they're just there to collect the paycheck. Check. Exactly. <laughs> now, do you also assist with internal like service, you know, where... You know, it may not be the external representation, Mm -hmm. but what is actually going on Mm -hmm. internally in the business? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I sure do. Okay. I sure do. All right. Wonderful. Now, um, one of the things that, you know, when I was checking out your information, it Mm -hmm. says that, you know, you want to help people have good or display good customer service. Yes. What makes for good customer service? Sure. So, excuse me, I want to start with a smile. So when someone calls in, good customer service is picking up that phone and smiling. You can start there because you can hear it. People. Yeah, you can. You can hear it. And I've tried it myself. I try it just smiling, picking up the phone like you can tell I'm smiling now as opposed to, hello, this is Maya. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So start with a smile, pick up the phone, have a good attitude because it's all in the attitude. And, you know, you just have to let people know that you have to reassure them that they're calling a company that has good representation, good customer service. We're here to help no matter what the issue is. If there's an issue, we have a solution. Mm-hmm. You got to start there. Mm-hmm. Now, I normally try not to like bring in like, local things that are happening or (laughs) national things that are happening like Uh right now. But have you seen the McDonald's footage of the young girl that got yoked up? Oh, yeah, I have. Wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. I have. So as a (laughs) customer service Uh (laughs) coach, you know, consultant. Yes. What would you say would have been the proper protocol for the young lady? I definitely think she handled it incorrectly. Um, I think what she should have did, don't get me wrong, that, that guy shouldn't have put his hands on her. But I think what she should have done is kind of backed away. Um, Girl, he and let, yoked her I, across I know, the counter. I, what I was know. she supposed to do? But it, it's a business setting. It, now, if it was personal, it would have been different. But Okay, let me be quiet. What did you want her to do? I, me, okay. <laughs> Just imagine me reaching over to you, grabbing you right. I believe we're in a business setting right now, mm-hmm. right? If I grabbed you, what what would you do? I'm not. What would you would you think? <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle everything with violence, though. So he I started. Th- I know. Okay. I know. Okay. He started okay, so it, but I think what she should have done okay. was backed away. But how and are you going to How are you going to back away if he got you yoked up by the collar? Cassandra, you know please what? get in this conversation. J- Bring let your me know what your thoughts in. are. <laughs> oh, man. I, listen, I love God and That's all. If you, if you touch me or test me, I will pop on. So it is what it is. Okay, so we, we all, we're going to, we're going to. This is your job. To differ. So I beg to is, differ. Yes, I mean, this is your I job. I beg to differ. Yes. So, okay. There's but, different ways of handling things. I agree. But, but what I'm asking is, how was she supposed to back away? If you're, because if I reach across, 
Let's let me play devil's advocate real okay, quick. Go ahead, because you got on a coat and a, <laughs> and a. <laughs> so if I reach across this counter, yes, and I yoke you up, how you yes. backing up? I'm going to break away. I'm going to try to break break away the best way I can. So you just going to do that little uh, karate look, <laughs> self defense look. They, in self defense courses, they teach you how to break away from you know someone that's attacking you. Okay, so you're going to break away and you're going to run towards no. the manager. I would call the police, ma'am. I would call the police. Okay, I'm just going to take it that this is what you telling. This is what you would tell your staff. I sure would. I sure would. So you felt as though she deserved to get fired. No, she doesn't deserve a gift. Now, I didn't I didn't hear that part. Did she get fired? Ooh, so I didn't hear that part. I don't think she deserved to get fired because the guy approached her first. He put his hands on her first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it wasn't her fault. She didn't, you know, she didn't. She shouldn't have fought back. Well, they that's said, all I'm saying. And she the worst part fought is back. that they said it was over a straw. I did hear that. That's like, ridiculous. A straw. I know that's ridiculous. I I would definitely teach my um So let's say you're doing a training at McDonald's. Okay. Um at that office okay. or that branch. Okay. What are some of the things that you're going to tell them to make sure that they're mindful of? First of all, I would say you have to learn how to deal with an irate customer. So for instance, with that guy, he was irate over a straw. I would have just simply said, sir, let me see how I can help you. And if he would have continued to get angry. See, I'm the person that likes to diffuse situations and I don't like conflict. So me personally, if he would have been angry, I would have just went back, called a manager and let the manager handle it. I wouldn't have argued back with him. Um, I wouldn't have escalated the situation. Not saying that she did that, but there's other ways of handling things besides putting your hands on people and violence. That's just my opinion. Some people, they might beg to differ, but that's just me. For me, I think that it was a natural response. True. You know, I don't think that she took the time to think about, Mm -hmm. oh, what's going to happen. But you, when somebody puts their hands on you. Right. And. I am be honest. I watched that video <laughs> quite a few times. Okay, because I, I had to understand what was happening. I was really trying to understand what was happening. Right, right. And the guy behind her, her coworker, was about to pull her away. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you see her flying across the counter. And she, it's not right. like she was right at the counter. Right, she was several right. steps back. Right. So to me, if you're that far back. And somebody has the gall to put their hands on you. Right. I'm going to try to karate chop thing, you know, break break away. (laughs) Break away, yes. But I can't promise I I can't promise you. I would have just (laughs) broke away, called the police, and let the police handle it. Another mistake that she made Mm -hmm. after she walked off, she came back and it started over again. Well, she just had to get the the right stuff. Well, I thought she put her hands on the guy and started fighting with him again. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't I, see that part. That, I, I believe that's what happened. I didn't see that part. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. You know. <laughs> Videos get clipped. Violence is not the key. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, um, have you... Okay, so one of the things that um, I think makes you very distinguished in your industry mm-hmm. is that you've received formal training yes. um, from the prestigious Ritz-Carlton's Leadership Institute and Franklin's Conveys uh, or Covey's uh, mm-hmm. training on the seven habits of highly effective people. Yes. What would you say was the number one lessons that you learned from both of those sure. um, trainings? Sure. So I think the main lesson that I learned from both of them is having communication skills. Um, At the end of the day, you have to be able to communicate with people, whether it be your clients, um, family members, um, regardless of who it is. You just have you you have to learn how to effectively communicate. And one way for me to effectively communicate is, like I said before, listening. You have to have listening skills. You can't rush through a conversation. You can't rush through, you know, a client that's calling in looking, you know, for help or something. Mm -hmm. You have to have active listening skills. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Now, and that's the one thing that was consistent across both platforms. Oh, yeah. Okay. Being friendly was another one, actually. Really? Yeah. Being friendly. 
Um, I mean, think about when you go to the Ritz-Carlton, when you go to Chick-fil-A, or even when you go to any place of business where people are just friendly. I think it really makes a world of difference. If you go in and you have an interaction with someone that's negative, you don't you don't want to be there. I know for me, like if I go into the office and someone has an attitude and they're complaining about something, that's kind of going to rub off on me. Mm-hmm. So if you go in, look, get up in the morning, look in the mirror and tell yourself it's going to be a good day. I'm going to smile. This day is going to be great. Mm-hmm. That kind of prepares you to just, you know, be able to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I know everyone's different. But for me, like if someone with an attitude calls in, that's not going to make me have an attitude and, you know, get feisty back with them. I'm going to try to be the calm one in the situation <laughs> and continue to be friendly with them mm-hmm. because that could make a difference. They, they'll they probably, you know, change their mind and be like, oh, OK, this person is nice. OK, let me not get an attitude. OK, sorry, ma'am. I, I didn't mean to yell at you. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. We've started off a on new. a bad foot. Right. But you know what? We've cleared the pathway for a, a better conversation, a more positive conversation. Right. So now you also have um, your um, clothing. It's a clothing dress rental. Dress rental. Yes. yes. Talk yes. to us a little bit about that. Sure. So my mom actually came up with the idea. It was so funny because my brother, he had he um, he's a professional baseball player and he had a nonprofit um, charity event. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what to wear. I was like, you well, know what? What's your brother's name? Cardoza Tucker. Okay. Yes. So he had a nonprofit event. I was like, I don't want to spend five, six, seven, a thousand dollars on a dress mm-hmm. just to wear for like three hours. I wonder what I can do. I couldn't fit anything in my closet. So I was telling my mom and she was like, well, why don't you start a dress rental business? I was like, you know what, mom, that's a great idea. <laughs> Because people go to these events. I mean, put it this way. Men can rent tuxes. Why can't we rent dresses? We only wear them for like up to four or five hours. Why can't we rent dresses? Mm -hmm. So I started doing that. Now, granted, it kind of, I kind of took a step back because I got into law school and things just got hectic. And, but I picked it back up simultaneously while in law school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I got to do this. Mm -hmm. This is a need. Mm -hmm. People need my services. People started reaching out to me and was like, hey, Maya, I'm going to a wedding. Can I rent a dress? I'm like, sure, I got you. And the rest is history. So what does that look like? Do you just buy a bunch of dresses and then you just rent them out? Yes. So I buy them wholesale. So what a lot of people don't know is that you don't have to go and buy these designer dresses. Oh, I don't want to spill my secret. Let me keep quiet on that. But you buy them wholesale. You buy them wholesale and you, well, you get them for like a cheaper price. Yeah. Um, you buy them in bulk and you turn around and people mark up the prices. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's going on when you go to a retail store, whether it be H&M, Forever 21, mm-hmm. look at the label, see where it's made. I'm mm-hmm. sure it doesn't cost, you know, a sweater doesn't cost $59. It costs $59 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But in China where it's made, it's probably like $2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you buy you buy everything in bulk and mm-hmm. then you know you go from there. It's uh-huh. your business. You can mark up the prices however you want the, however you want to. So Okay. Yep. Interesting. Okay, so you have the clothing rental mm-hmm. and then on social media, mm-hmm. like your social media handle at least someone that I follow and sure. which is how we met mm-hmm. is around finances and yes. credit. Yes. So how did that come into play? Mm. This goes into why I say our yeah. two guests today are like serial entrepreneurs. Yes. So um, I wanted to help people, particularly the black community. Um, you know, there's a stigma that, you know, black people have bad credit and they're not good with their finances. They don't understand financial literacy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to change that. If I learn something and find out something, I want to share it with with the world. So, Except your secret to address <laughs> You can find that out online. (laughs) Everybody's doing it. How do you think people are opening up all of these clothing boutiques? That's not a secret. Maybe I told too much, but. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just teasing. But yeah, you know, I, I, I figured that it was a need. I want to teach people about financial literacy, credit, and people don't even know the basics. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to do is educate people on the basics of credit, letting them know that there are five components that make up credit, letting them know that if you don't pay your bills on time, it's going to you know affect your credit. Mm-hmm. A credit a credit score is like a, a credit card. Um, 
you have to take it serious. If you don't pay your bills on time, you're not if you're not educated on finances, then you're going to fail. Right. So I felt like it was my duty to teach people about that. It's needed. <laughs> no, this has been really good. All right. So, ladies, I'm going to give you a second to think about your moment from the valley. And while you're thinking, we're going to actually toss to Cassandra Shields. Hey, Joy. To get out of bed now, Tuesday, rain outside of my window. It looks like time will be moving slow, but I have to clock in to get paid. There's gotta be more, there's gotta be more to life. I don't wanna throw the towel, but I'm just too tired to fight. Say the do the same things over again. It seems like there's no win. Joy, I need to find you. Hey, Joy, so nice to meet you. You brighten up my day. Put a smile on my face. Hey, Joy, life's much better with you. I really thank God for you. This joy that I have. The world won't take it away. The world won't take it away. Hey, joy, the world won't take you away. Wednesday, running late to work. Went to start my car, but it wouldn't work. This day couldn't get any worse. Thursday, we're getting much closer to Friday. Then there's just this one thing I can't get out of my head. There's gotta be more. There's gotta be more to life. I don't wanna throw in the towel, but I'm just too tired to fight. I'm sick of doing the same things over again. It seems like there's no end. Joy, I need to find you. Hey, Joy, so nice to meet you. Okay, ladies, we've come to the point in the show where we share our moments from the valley. This is when you share a valley moment that you didn't think you would overcome and how you actually overcame that situation. Now, I'm going to give you a little time to think it over. Y'all good? Are you ready? All right. Cassandra, we're going to start with you. So (laughs) you are our first guest. (laughs) Okay. Um. Without specifics, I'll just say that um, I definitely was in a place where I felt uh, depressed and I felt like I um, invested into a lot of people, but I wasn't getting the same in return. And so with that and being in that place, I found myself comparing myself. I found myself, you know, um, just not speaking positive things I was speaking very negatively about and I couldn't see the small blessings that God was blessing me with even while I was depressed and (laughs) feeling alone um but in this place uh definitely once I got over myself God always sends somebody to to bring you back you know and and snatch you back and say look you're blessed. You don't realize how blessed you are. You, it doesn't matter how people treat you. You know, you still have to continue to give and to pour out and to be that encouragement and to be that shoulder they can cry on. And, um, but you just have to be wise. 
And so often we give and we give, but we're not wise. We're not wise with who we give to. We're not wise on how we give, but we just know that we're givers. And so in hearing that, I learned how to be wise and I found myself a lot more peaceful when people don't respond how I would expect them to respond or if I don't see what I give out. I don't find myself comparing anymore. I don't find myself depressed because I've now learned the the art of being wise. And so I would say that was my valley moment. Okay. Beautiful. And you can be specific. She was real vague. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it happens often. So, I know. <laughs> so she mentioned um, something about, you know, comparing yourself. I was guilty of it. I admit, you know, people see all of this glitz and glam on social media and, you know, people rolling around with their Benzes and Range Rovers and, you know, nice homes. And people look at that and they're like, it, for me, I was like, why am I not there yet? Mm-hmm. Why don't I have my Range Rover? Why don't I have my house in the California Hills? Um, there came a time where it just affected me so much. I shut down like all of my social media sites and I kind of I really had to take a step back because honestly, that did discourage me because I was like, I always told myself I worked so hard. I went to college, got all of these degrees why am I not there? Like, why can't I look like her? Or why can't I be like her? And after I think shutting those social media, shutting down the noise, put it that way. When I shut down the noise, I had to take a step back. I had to pray. I had to meditate. And I had to encourage myself. So earlier I mentioned, you know, waking up, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know what? Today's going to be a good day. Maya, you're smart. You're intelligent. You have everything at the tip of your hands. You can be and do anything you want to be and do anything you want to do. After telling myself that, having a little self-talk, shutting down social media, I was ready to get back and conquer the world. So that's what I'm doing. And 2019 is the year of winning for me. And I'm like, dude, no one or anything can stop me at this point because I'm so determined That's what keeps me going. When I wake up in the morning, I reiterate the fact that I'm grateful. I'm here. I woke up this morning. Let's conquer this. Let's do this. That's what keeps me going. Yay. I always tell people like this is definitely one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, One element that I would like to ask, um, especially with the the mentality of winning. Mm Mm-hmm. How did you feel when you were invited to be a part of the the show? I was excited. <laughs> I'm such a cornball. I was super excited. I was like, oh, my God, like an angel. Life has reached out to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was super excited. Like, seriously, like, I'm telling you, it's, it's the small things in life that the free things in life make you really happy. Mm-hmm. Whether it be someone saying, oh, you look beautiful today or mm-hmm. nice smile or come and talk on the show. I want you to be a guest. That's like really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, although winning the lottery would be very exciting too, but it's the small things in life that makes everything like great. It makes like, if you just look at, I don't know, getting up in the morning, mm-hmm. like looking at a butterfly fly past your window, that's going to make my day. Right. So it doesn't take much to please me, but I was very excited when you reached out to me. So I, I thank you for that. I'm very grateful. You're welcome. <laughs> Cassandra. I would say that I was excited too, but you know, we were supposed to meet up a few times, but yes. you know, it didn't work Uh-oh. out. But I think the consistency of it made me realize like, okay, yeah, you need to do this. Like you're, you can, you just need to show up and do it. <laughs> so I was really excited though. Um, I was really honored and, um, you know, I was at a point where nothing was happening. You know, I was in a slow season, you know. And so I feel like this is a great kickoff to 2019. And it's definitely um, an opportunity. I've been in this building a few times. And it's funny because I was working with an artist who's a Grammy nominated artist. She's amazing. Um, but I was in here as an assistant. And now I'm back here and I'm here, you know, doing my own thing. So I also see a reason for me being here as well. So. Thank you. Thank you. Growth, growth, growth. Love it. (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you both for sharing your journeys with us today. And um, would you like to share your social media information so people can follow, buy albums? My name is Cassandra Shields, and you can check me out on my website, www.cassandrashields.com. You can also follow me on every social media handle is Cassandra underscore Shields. And then also, I forgot to mention, stay tuned, I will be releasing a full live album uh, later this year and a lot of more events will be coming up and so just follow me make sure you follow me you know and i'm i might not follow back saying no i'll follow back but uh <laughs> make sure you follow me awesome. and for me um my website is comp-es.com my email address is info at comp-com-es.com on social media so for financially chic women it's exactly how it's spelled or sounds uh, financially chic um, that's Instagram Facebook is backslash comp-e-solutions and LinkedIn is also comp-e-solutions so yes Okay, well, that is about it for today's show. So please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com, and pick up your copy of the Washington Informer to see the Woman Behind the Business Spotlight section. And of course, follow us on social media at wbbtalk. A special thank you to our show producer, Cal Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed. Mm-hmm.